Welcome back to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. A Merry Christmas Eve to you guys. If you're listening to this on Friday night, if you're listening to this on Saturday, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Hope you guys are enjoying the holidays. And man, it's been a good week. I'm almost over this sinus infection or whatever it is you want to call it. Um, my voice is still a little weird sounding. Um, it sounds weird to me anyway, but uh, you know, you kn- know what I mean. I uh, went to the doctor's yesterday, uh, had my physical, uh, everything. He said, you're a very boring patient. I said, well, I want to be as boring as possible to you. So um, I was glad to hear that. Um, guys, if you, I put this on Twitter, but if you have been putting off your appointment to see a doctor, make sure you schedule that and follow through with it. Um, I was one of the worlds where I hate going to the doctor. I mean, I didn't want to go the other day, but you know, it's something you, you know, you, you work and, and have insurance for, so you should um, at least get checked out um, at least, you know, once a year, once every year, depending on your age. Um, so, you know, I was glad to, to, to hear that. Um, it's been a lot of time um, with my fam. Um, kids are, are tracked out of school. They go to year round school. So they've been tracked out. Um, they tracked out on Wednesday. So I've been hanging out with them, got all my Christmas shopping done, just been resting and relaxing. Uh, this is one of my favorite times of year. Um, growing up, um, I was raised by my grandparents and, uh, my grandfather's, uh, his, his favorite time of year was Christmas. And man, I don't know how old you are, but if you remember the movie, um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Well, that house was my house growing up. Like my granddad would start putting up Christmas lights in in October, and um, we literally like I would come home every day after school and from practice, and would like literally have to put up Christmas lights. And he would always turn them on on the night of Thanksgiving. And so where we lived, it was like a a, a long kind of a straight road, and so people would line up like every night. And I'm talking about all of them down that road and people would just come and, you know, see all the lights and everything. I mean, it, it looked like it was daytime on that joint. And, um, you know, so uh, whenever whenever I see Christmas lights, you know, I, I kind of think of him. Although I did vow that um, when I got older, I would never put up any Christmas lights because I spent my whole, you know, youth putting them up. And um, I didn't put up any this year. So <laughs> I am holding to my vow. But, um, you know, somebody that hasn't been resting, you know, I talk about resting and being around family. Somebody that hasn't been resting is the FSU coaching staff. You know, here we are. You know, this kind of happened last year. Um, Right around Christmas time was was when they got um, the commitments from um, Jermaine Johnson. I think it was the day after Christmas. And um, Jamie Robinson was was right right around somewhere in there, too, I believe. Those guys both hit the portal right before um, Christmas last year, and and you know they were on them pretty quickly. And here we are, we're the you know a couple of days before before Christmas, and Mike Novell and the coaching staff have worked their magic to address one of the the biggest needs on the roster, um, wide receiver. And so, of course, you know if you've listened to the podcast, whether it was the last episode or the episode before that, you know I talked about. Um, 
the urgency that the staff needed to work with in the transfer portal to address the wide receiver because they needed they needed wide receivers that could enroll in the spring. And I talked about, you know, I've written about it on Chop Chat. I've talked about, you know, Andrew Parchment not being able to enroll in the spring last year. I think that really hindered him and his, you know, just learning the offense and forming some, you know, chemistry and rapport with um, the quarterbacks and everybody on the team. Um, so the additions of uh, Micah Pittman and uh, as of uh, last night, um, Johnny Wilson, you know, those guys both should be enrolling in the spring. And I think that's going to make, that's going to be a huge, huge difference uh, compared to um, what um, Parchment brought to the table. Not only that, they're both really, really talented guys. Um, both were, um, FSU had the FSU hasn't had a guy ranked as high as either of them um, since DJ Matthews in the 2017 recruiting class. So just let that sink in, um, you know, for reality. But um, yeah, both of those guys have been able to enroll in the spring and go through spring practice. You know, get working with Jordan Travis and you know whoever else um, they have at quarterback you know, AJ Duffy. Uh, I think it's going to be big time for those guys to um, be able to contribute in the um, in the season next year because next year is, you know, I, I've said it. You know, Mike Mike's got to you know put up a shut up. You know, twenty twenty we had COVID. Twenty twenty one, you know, you you had a lot of things. I mean, you played several games without Jordan Travis. You know, whereas I think if he were were available to play. They probably win at least two of those games. So you're talking about a seven-win season instead of a a five-win season. But you know, next year it's kind of you know it's year three. You kind of you know you can't really just you know you you got to win. I mean that's you know that's the name of the game. You got to win by no, no matter what. And I feel like that's kind of how Mike Neville is is attacking this thing, especially since they didn't sign any receivers. Um, during the uh, early signing period. And I talked about how that was inexcusable and that should cost someone their job. And I think it probably will, but I know we had a lot of people that were all doom and gloom and, you know, they were already kind of writing off the class um, talking about, you know, uh, you know, they didn't sign. We, we know they didn't sign anybody, but we also knew that the recruiting cycle was not over and that they would be able to go into the transfer portal and get, you know, some some players. Now, what you what what you don't we didn't know at the time is, you know, who would become available, what quality of player would, would become available, you know, would they be able to to get, you know, quality players, you know, and it is such a um a shorter time frame compared to recruiting a high school student, you know, for a year or two. So it is, it is, um, it is more difficult, I think, overall to, to get, you know, those quality players out of the portal, especially whenever you're a, um, a five win team. But at the same time, you know, I knew it was possible that they could get some players from the portal. And I talked about the difference of signing up transfer, um, players compared to, um, signing high school players, you know, and so if, you know, and I, I wrote about this um, when I talked about the impact of the Johnny um, Wilson um, commitment, you know, if you were to ask any FSU fan, you know, 
right now and say, hey, would you rather have, you know, Kevin Coleman, who, you know, was, you know, everybody expected him to choose FSU at one point, but I think, you know, he's going elsewhere now. But, you know, but he was a five-star for much of the recruiting cycle. And, of course, FSU had Devon Mortimer um, signed right up until, you know, the early signing day, and then he decided to go to Louisville um, because some people, you know, didn't want to follow through on, on their job. But if you were to say, hey, look, you can take these two high school receivers who have never played a snap of college ball, never been through a spring practice, um, you know, still need a lot of development, you know, they need time in the strength and conditioning program, you know, they got to learn the offense. Or would you like to take two players that were ranked, you know, number 94 and number 116 coming out of high school, both have at least one year, or actually both have you know, two years of college under their belt uh, at a minimum, and both have played in multiple college games, and that, that they didn't light the world on fire production-wise, but, you know, they, you know, I feel like they they would be more suitable to come in and be contributors right away in 2022, opposed to relying on two freshmen to come in and do it. Right. So that's the difference. So that's kind of the trade off, you know, whenever you're, you're getting guys from the portal, you know, now it does depend on who you get, but at, at the end of the day, those guys, you know, the probability of them becoming you know, contributors in year one is much higher than those high school guys, no matter how highly they were rated coming out of high school. So I feel like right now FSU is probably in a better position um, in a, from a, a wide receiver standpoint than they would be if they would have signed uh, Coleman and, and Mortimer. Now, I still think they would have um, – went into the portal to get at least one guy, maybe two guys, who knows, it, you know, it would depend on numbers and everything, but, you know, they, they're still looking at guys in the portal and really, uh, you know, they're looking at two more guys. It sounds like they're looking at um, Taj Harris um, from Syracuse, who's really productive up there. Um, guys got, you know, decent size. I think he's around 6'2", um, 190, something like that. And then another intriguing prospect is Deuce. Um, I guess that's Span or Spawn Span. Um, that kid, that kid is electric. And I know the debate out there is kind of like, you know, who do you take of the two? And I mean, I'll be honest with you. I I would take if I could get both of them. I would take both of them. Now that probably is going to cause you know some guys that are on the roster to. To look around and be like, I'm, I, I made to go hit that portal. Hey, if, if that's what happens, that's what happens. You know, you're as a coaching staff. You know, you you gotta win in 2022. And Taj Harris is a guy that you probably can say, okay, he he's been really productive at Syracuse, who hasn't who hasn't had great quarterback play um, over the last few years, and he's still been productive. So you can kind of say, okay, he can come in and, you know, you can kind of count on him for sure to be productive as long as, you know, he's healthy. And then um, the deuce, the deuce, um, I'm just say span um, guy is, you know, 6'4", 200 pounds with, with, with speed that can stretch the field vertically. You, you got to take him. You, you can't pass on somebody like that if you can get him. 
Um, and then you, you know, and so when you start looking at it from that perspective, you have changed. They've already changed the the wide receiver uh, unit um, right now with just the addition of Pittman and and Wilson. But if you add um, an additional um, Harris or or Span or both of them, whew, hey, it's a, it's a different ball game out there um, with the FSU um, wide receiving unit. You know, like I said, you may have some guys that'll go to the portal after that, but. You know, what were those guys going to be contributors in 2022 anyway? Probably not because the majority of them haven't done much to begin with. So you start looking at Malik McLean, Pittman, Wilson, if they got Harris, and then if they got um, Deuce, you're talking about you talking about a talent infusion that we haven't seen in quite some time. Um, you know, I mean. All of those guys would be considered blue chip players. And, um, you know, that's what FSU needs. Um, so when you start looking at it this way, you say, okay, FSU is addressing the offensive line. The offensive line was, was you know, the starting unit last year before injuries was good. Um, they weren't terrible. You know, they, they were they were solid, maybe even above average. Of course, um, they dealt with injuries throughout the whole year, and so that kind of um, – you know, threw some things off and they kind of regressed a little bit, but, you know, they've already, they've already, you know, gotten Bless Harris and Caden Lyles from the transfer portal. So they're, they're putting bodies towards that need. They're putting bodies towards the wide receiver need. Okay. And so, okay, look, so you got Cam McDonald coming back. And so now this is how you got to frame it. You got, you probably are going to have a better offensive line. The wide receiving unit should be better, right? And one thing I've noticed uh, over the last couple of days, well, you saw it on the field, but it's also kind of, it's also kind of transferring off the field for Jordan Travis. So if you guys are on Twitter and you follow Jordan Travis, you know before before last year, I mean, he never tweeted anything. You know, you know, he's kind of you know on social media is kind of like he is in real life. He's kind of, you know. Low key, not gonna say much. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of um, coach speak tell you what you want to hear. But over the last year, you've kind of seen a, a, a transformation with Jordan Travis. You know, he's become more vocal. Um, you know, I go back to the time when Cam McDonald missed the block against Syracuse, um, and then that allowed the Syrac- Syracuse defensive back to make that interception. You saw. You saw Jordan Travis get in Cam McDonald's joint like, hey, bro, what you doing? You know, how, how you missed the block? And so then go to now and you see all all these these corny Miami Hurricane players talking trash um, with with FSU fans. And and then somehow, I don't know how it all got started, but you saw Jordan Travis start chiming in and talking trash back to the Miami players. And, man, look, that is something we never would have seen um, last year or, or before that, you know. So if it sounds, you know, it looks like Jordan Travis kind of, is kind of taking that confidence that, that you know, we saw some progression for him, from him from the earlier part of the year to, you know, the middle and the end of the year. You know, we kind of saw that improvement. 
and it, you know, and it's like, you know, he, he, he really does believe in himself now. Cause he's like, you know, he's, he's willing to kind of put it out there. Cause you got to play these guys next year. Right. And so he's willing to put it out there and say, okay, you know, I believe in myself. I'm going to, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk to smack the same way you're talking smack to me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to back down from you. Um, you know, Tom Petty, you know, I'm not going to back down. Right. And so I think that confidence, confidence is everything guys. I mean, I can, I can tell you, I can give you multiple stories about my, my college baseball career. I could give you multiple stories about, you know, the, just kind of a transformation that happened for me um, my freshman year. You know, once I kind of figured out, hold on a second. Yeah, you know, I do belong here. Um, after kind of, you know, when you first get there, you're like, man, I'm, you know, all these guys here. You know, he started for the last three years and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But once you kind of figure it out, hold on a second. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just as good if not better than you. You know, listen, yeah, we're getting ready to go at it now. Once you once you get to that point, that changes the game. And so that kind of seems like where Jordan Travis is. And so, you know, so hear me out. So, you know, the biggest thing for Jordan Travis is staying healthy. You know, again, if if, if Jordan Travis is healthy, FSU probably wins seven, maybe eight games this past year. And so going into 2022, um, I don't even know what the schedule is right off the top of my head. But, you know, the key is keeping Jordan Travis healthy. Now, one way you do that is obviously the offensive line is improved. You have better receivers. How does Jordan Travis usually get hurt? He usually gets hurt running the ball, right? Because that that has been one of his best weapons um, his legs, you know, whenever something breaks down, he can just take off, do 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 do, and but usually he'll get hit or gang tackled or ragdolled or, or whatever, and you know that's usually where the injuries occur. Now, of course, he can get injured in the pocket and uh, getting hit from the blind side or whatever, but usually that doesn't happen because you know usually he's moving around back there. But if Jordan Travis continues to improve as a passer then guess what? And he's got weapons to, to, to get the ball to and the offensive line holds up a little bit better. Guess what? He didn't have to run as much, which should theoretically decrease, you know, the chances that he, he could potentially, you know, get hurt. Now I still believe, you know, FSU should um, get a, a, a quarterback from the transfer portal, but you know, I, I liked what I saw from Jordan Travis, um, you know, towards the the end of the year last year, I mean, you know, he threw six interceptions last year. Three of them were, you know, in the first game, and the other three were were flukish. One shouldn't even have been an interception. One was somebody missed a block, and the other one was a hail mary at the end of a half. I think it was against Wake Forest or somebody. So he's taking care of the ball. Um, he's completing passes at a at a you know decent percentage, and um. You know that's that that wins ball games, and so, you know, if you upgrade the offensive line, upgrade the the wide receiving talent, that should bode for good things for FSU in 2022. Um, you know, then that kind of that kind of puts the onus back on you know the defense, and there you know there's still some holes on the defense that that need to be addressed through the transfer portal, um, course linebacker, defensive end. Those are the two main um, areas. But, um, you know, as I've said before, 
Um, right, I looked. I looked the other day for thirty minutes, and there was like no linebackers in there whatsoever. I mean, it was like keep sweating that joint. Nobody in there. And so, but what what typically what happens is you'll have some guys um, once bowl season's over. Um, some guys will enter the portal, and then you have some guys after spring practice concludes that'll probably hit the portal. And so, what you'll usually have is some guys that have experience who probably are not going to get to play much um, that kind of coming fall at their current area um, destination. And so they'll hit the portal. And so that's probably where FSU can, can find a couple of bodies to address the uh, linebacker position. Um, and, you know, if they bring a linebacker that has experience, then I don't think it's as critical for them to enroll in the spring. Now, ideally, you, you know, if they can, you want that, but if not, then if they have experience, and they play in a in a scheme that's similar to um, what you currently play. Then I think you know you can kind of get by a little bit better uh, with a linebacker than somebody that's playing wide receiver or or say quarterback. Um, and then of course the other the other area um, to to address is um, defensive end. Um, I know they they've been involved with the verse kid, and that seems like really the only only guy they've they've kind of went in on. Um, you know they brought him in for an official visit. Um, and, but he's gotten a ton of interest from other, other, um, teams since then. So, you know, we'll kind of see how that shakes out. The longer it goes, the, you know, kind of, you know, it's probably not a good thing for FSU, but they did what they, what they could, you know, they had a meet with, um, Keir Thomas and Jermaine Johnson, um, while he was on campus. Um, they saw, he saw what they were able to do and in their one year. And I mean, you know, you know, they swung and we'll, we'll see what happens, but. Um, I think there'll be some more guys that will um that will hit the portal that they can they can use to um to fit that position of need. Um so just you know, just pay attention to who enters the portal, then how fast FSU jumps on them, right? Because uh, that's one thing that I was talking about um the other day. We had some FSU fans who were complaining that um the one kid um, from Louisville was it Jordan Watkins? I think is his name. He he had been in the portal for a while. He had been in the portal for two weeks before FSU um, offered him. And um, of course, you know he committed to Ole Miss like a couple of days later. And a lot of people were like, you know, FSU's dragging their feet. You know, what are we doing? Blah 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 blah. You know, and I and I was telling people, I was like, guys. He he's been in the portal uh, since I think it was like December first. It's been two weeks. I'm like he's been in the portal for two weeks. You got to pay attention to how things work. When Micah Pittman hit the portal, Dilly was all over him like white and rice. You know, Dilly's visiting, visiting. You know, work, you know, get him for an official visit. Boom. Right. Um, Johnny Johnny Wilson hits the portal December twenty first. He commits to FSU on December 23rd, two days, two days. So, you know, if you see FSU, if you see a guy hit the portal and you see FSU on him and they're like immediately, you know, trying to get him to visit for an official, then you know, hey, this is somebody they really want. If a guy has been on the portal for two weeks or so, you know, or longer, then it's probably just. You know, maybe you know, you know he might be a target. You know, we, we we're looking at some other guys, but you know, he he's not priority though. All right, 
Um, so, you know, that's kind of how, that's kind of how it goes, especially when they're trying to get, you know, especially with wide receivers, you know, I wrote about how they needed to attack the portal uh, aggressively and get guys to be able to enroll in the spring so they won't have an injured parchment situation next year. So, you know, and I, you know, we'll see what happens with, um, with, uh, Taj Harris and, uh, Deuce, um, Span. um, you know, those are guys that they seem to be in on. Um, and I think they'll be able to have some guys on campus here. Um, I think two or seven, two, four, seven was reporting. They'll be able to have guys on campus, um, before the, the end of the year. And then after new year, the first week, um, before classes begin, I think they can have people on campus. So that, you know, I would pay attention to, to those two guys. If they get them on campus, then, you probably, you know, that'll, that'll probably be a good, a, a good idea that you know, they have a decent shot with them, which I was surprised that they got, um, Wilson, um, last night. You know, like I said, he kind of came out of nowhere, um, you know, and had, hadn't visited campus, um, uh, that I'm aware of and, and still committed. But, um, I think he has a relationship with, uh, Michael Pittman. I think they went to the same high school. And so that, that's probably a key. Um, and then, of course, um, Martin Avell used to coach at Arizona State, so you kind of got a tie in there. So, you know, those guys are working, though, man. Um, Martin Avell, you know, on, uh, you know, that's why I wasn't crazy worried, worried about um, not signing, you know, specific guys um, on early signing day. I mean, of course, it, you know, you got you you have to sign guys. You know, you can't go a whole cycle and miss and then just, you know, steadily depend on the transfer portal. That's not sustainable. Ideally, you know, I think what they may be trying to do is, you know, all of these guys that they have, you know, Pittman, Wilson, um, um, Deuce, all of those guys have multiple years of eligibility left. And so, you know, if they, if they, you know, now, now they could come in and ball out, you know, Pittman could come in and ball out this one year and then he could go to the draft. I mean, that's possible, but you know, ideally, you know, they'll, they'll play, you know, one or two years. And then in that 2023 class coming up, you know, you sign, you know, two, two or three wide receivers who you feel really good about. And then they'll have a year to kind of develop under those upperclassmen who transferred in and then you kind of then you don't have to depend so much on the transfer portal guys, right? So that's kind of you know it's kind of how it looks like they're you know, trying to set things up there. Um, and and the same can go with linebacker. You know, if you can get somebody to come to come in who has multiple years of eligibility left, then that kind of offsets you know not signing as many linebackers. And then you can kind of depend on who you have on the roster, and then kind of go in twenty twenty three and say, okay, we got to you know get you know, two, whatever number they deem necessary for that recruiting cycle. And then you kind of had that baseline set and then you kind of go from there. Um, and so you got that constant continuity between upperclassmen and then, you know, freshmen coming in to develop, you know, you don't, you know, you don't want freshmen to come in and have to play right away. Usually um, it's just difficult no matter what position you defensive back is probably, I guess the quickest that you see guys get on the field. Um, we saw that with um, Kevin Knowles, who was an early enrollee. That helped him tremendously. Amarion um, Cooper didn't enroll early. You know, we saw, you know, he didn't really see the field much at all. And then we saw him in the Syracuse game. And I remember people talking about, you know, how slow he looked and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then here we go, two or three games after that, 
and he's starting and it's like now it looks like you know he's going to be he's going to be a dude next year um at one of the um new cornerback spots and so he wasn't an early enrollee but he came in you know kept developing at practice every day and you know eventually they felt comfortable enough to put him in the game you know he performed well boom there you go Right, but usually that's not the case at most of your uh, other positions on the field. So, um, our, our fans got to get out of the mindset of you know freshmen coming in and playing right, right away. That's it's usually not the case. It's not the case at the offensive line. That's why the offensive line hasn't been good the past couple of years because they're depending on so many young guys to come in and play when they're not physically ready. Um, you know, then they get hurt because they get ragdolled. And then they have to spend all their time rehabbing instead of, you know, being in a weight room, getting bigger and stronger. Um, you're tied in. You're same deal. You got to do a lot of blocking. You got to be physically ready to to come in and play tight end and block. You know, so it takes a while for those guys to get on the field. Um, running back is somewhere, you know, especially if you're a stud, you can kind of come in and play early. You know, we've seen that in the past with, um, you know, Dalvin Cook and Devontae Freeman, you know, so forth and so on. But usually it takes a while for those freshmen to get on the field. So let's get out of my, guess, let's get out of the mindset of, you know, just because they don't sign a five-star or a highly rated guy thinking that, you know, that guy was going to come in and just light the world on fire. You know, I gave you all the examples in the world, especially for the wide receiver position like two episodes ago. If you haven't listened to that, go back two episodes ago, I think it is, and I listed all of the top 20 wide receivers um, in the 2021 cycle. I gave you who they signed with, what their production was as a freshman, and you'll see that there was only like two out of 20 that really, you know, kind of contributed contributed in year one. So, um, but yeah, it look, you know, it looks, it looks promising. You know, we'll see um, how uh, Mike Novell and those guys finish. Uh, in this recruiting cycle, now if they don't sign any other high school recruits, um, which I wouldn't, I would I would just go straight portal because anybody they they sign from the high school ranks is not going to do anything in 2022. They're gonna you know they would just be spending time developing or whatever. I would just go straight portal, and then you know kind of you you got to win in 2022. So portal is the way to go in my opinion. Um, so whoever they add, you know, that's not going to help the quote unquote ranking that you have at 247. I think the last time I looked, they were 14, 14th nationally, which is still light years better than Miami and Florida. You know, but as long as they are addressing needs, you know, linebacker, wide receiver, um, you know, bringing another offensive lineman, uh, defensive end. Um, and I would I would try to bring in another defensive tackle because we don't know if Fabian Levitt is going to come back yet. Um, I hope he does. You know, I, I think he probably will. Um, you know, if he, if he doesn't come back, you probably definitely need to get a defensive tackle because you're going to lose Robert Cooper after 2022 also. Um, you know, so that's, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, and then we're still waiting on uh, Jamie Robinson to decide what he's going to do. Um, so if he declares for the draft, then, you know, that may be another, that may be another, um, area that they can kind of look for in the portal. Basically at this point, you know, once they address linebacker and defensive end 
and maybe one more wide receiver, then it's kind of like it's kind of like the draft in the NFL. You know, you kind of take the best available that you feel can help you win uh, the quickest. You know, that's the approach to take um, as far as that goes. But that's about all I have, guys. Um, uh, you know, like I said, I really appreciate appreciate you guys um, rocking with me. Um, I hope you have um, a, a merry merry Christmas. Uh, make sure you um, head over to our, our sponsor. Um, betonline.ag if you um, haven't set up an account you can go over there and um, received a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit use the promo code believe 50 that's b-l-e-a-v 50 to receive your bonus we have all the bowl games going on (laughs) the Gators lost last night trash program Um, always a good day when that happens so Christmas came early we got some receivers Florida lost and, um, you know, looks like things are, are going in the right direction. So um, be safe out there, um, you know, hug your loved ones, and um, we look forward to talking to you guys soon. Go Nose. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.